What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Night Call, a production of iHeartRadio. It's 2.22 a.m. at Central Park, and you're listening to Night Call. everybody and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I'm Molly Lambert and here with me in Los Angeles are Tess Lynch and Emily Oshita. What? What? That's Back right. all the time. I am a Los Angeles resident. Correct. As of now. We've called the corners. And later today we'll be joined by our guest Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend. To celebrate, we wanted to tell you about a fungal hallucinogen that makes bugs party till their butts fall off. Guys, I'm obsessed with this. I talked about it on the Daily Zeitgeist um, when I guessed it a, like a while ago, but it, we really need to talk about the party bugs. So cicadas are being infected with a fungus that makes them. This obviously, by the way, comes from live science. Where else would it come mm-hmm. from? So this fungus has traces of amphetamines in it, and as a result, it makes the bugs like jittery and they they kind of they're like part they're dancing and they're having sex with each other they have sex with whoever is around 
Um, and then the fungus makes their bodies explode and legs are flying off and guts are spraying everywhere. And it's crazy. They party their butts off. Yeah, it's hallucinogens and amphetamines. There are traces of that in the fungus. Um, it's the Massapora fungus. So where is this happening? Like, uh, where's the fungus? The cicadas are everywhere. The people doing where's the, the research fungus? were at the University of West Virginia. Mm. Um, and so I guess what the the fungus is sexually transmitted. So the males infected with Massapora will try to copulate with each other, imitating the fe- the behavior of a female cicada in order to lure an unsuspecting male, another potential host for the zombie-like fungus, says Live Science. So they fly around. They're spraying everybody with guts. They're called flying sh- uh, flying salt shakers of death <laughs> by the leader of the study. Looking for my lost salt shaker of death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> uh, so wow. anyway, look out for, for flying body parts of bugs. It, don't worry. It's just the zombie fungus in their brains. Don't worry. Don't worry about the party bugs <laughs> speaking of party bugs it's the 50th anniversary of the tate manson murders yeah. as we record this we didn't do this on purpose because we're not edgelords no we just wanted to mention it because we're talking about once upon a time in hollywood we feel that enough time has passed by the time you are listening to this which we'll be honest we don't know when that is quite yet but, but we know hopefully. it'll be soon so soon within the time warp yes it will uh yeah we'll yeah, you'll you'll be hearing this. Hopefully, you've listened, you've seen the movie. We talked a lot about it a little bit in our newsletter, and our which Twitch, if you are right, um, did we talk about it? On I Twitch? think it was Maybe just, just in newsletter. our newsletter. I forget yeah. where we our thoughts live sometimes. We, we talked about it on the newsletter, which you can uh, be subscribed to if you support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nightcall. Um, but we haven't actually talked about it on mic altogether. And now I'm feeling like I should just see it again because I feel like I need to have a new, a new like perspective on talking uh, about this movie with you guys because I feel like every conversation I've had with it, I'm like outnumbered. Well, it's <laughs> okay you, to be outnumbered. You wanted the screen. You liked the aesthetic a lot, but you didn't. Yes. You weren't super pleased with the narrative. Yeah, I still don't. I still, I still feel like people are. I still feel like when I see people talking about. Mm, once upon a time in Hollywood being Tarantino's most empathetic um, or like grown up or emotionally mature movie. I don't follow that logic. I feel like people want the movie to be that and like that desire for it is enough to get you there. But like, I don't know, like the, the end of the movie, I still can't really, I, I still can't really see. And again, we're spoiling this all the way because you've seen this movie by now. I cannot see Leonardo DiCaprio blowtorching a teenage girl as um, like mature, interesting. Again, that's why I think it's also an alt right movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were going to murder other people. It they was, were going to murder were other people. They were trespassing with the intent I to guess, murder him. You could, you could. There's a lot of ways. Shotgun. There's a lot of ways you could shoot. You there's not shoot is the wrong word in this case, but like there's a lot of ways you could film. Uh, I, murdering a like you're 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 doing the like uh, the um, minority report logic on this, which I feel like 
I don't necessarily want to see someone burnt to a crisp with minor- Minority Report logic, I guess. I've never seen Minority Report. Like what? pre-crime logic, you mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, like I've yeah. read Philip K. Dick. But yeah. uh, should I see Minority Report? Oh, absolutely. Minority Pre- Report's great. I mean, I think I saw it in the theater. Let's so watch I don't it really for the remember podcast. Remember it well. I'm down to oh, see it there's again. A, there's a chase where he like let's, hops on floating ooh, cars. Let's just do a sci-fi dystopia series. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Minority Report's pretty great. I watched it somewhat recently, and it holds up. Uh, I I like this movie a lot. I'm such a mark for it. I don't know if I could even like have a subjective opinion about it. I had no. I was not like looking forward to it at all. No, you know, me, me neither. The whole advertising campaign. I wasn't like amped or anything. My friend was like, I'm buying tickets at the Dome. And I was like, okay, cool. But I really enjoyed it. Well, I think I I didn't expect to like... Well, no, this oh, is except what for I, the Bruce Lee part. The Bruce Lee part right. was the first time I was we like... We all agreed that that was maybe terrible. Maybe I'm projecting more. But that's the thing. I guess it's like, is it a movie? Is it a... a talk, like, a, is it an indictment of masculine bullshit? Yes. Or is it praising it? I think it's an indictment. I think it is, too. I, do you I, not think so? No. Brad Pitt I don't. killed his wife. But even like, you're that, not supposed to like him. But they make it funny. It is funny, but I <laughs> I also just like again, I'm like such a mark for hippie exploitation movies. Right. I'm a mark for all this stuff too. And that's the thing that I was expecting. I was not looking forward to seeing this movie, but I was also like, I'm gonna watch this movie and then I'm gonna come out like begrudgingly loving it like that's gonna right. be my feeling and because then, that happens to me somewhat frequently. Were you like not movies. enough Manson girls? No, no, but I also didn't think that I I didn't feel like he had anything to say about the Manson girls. Like I don't I I I feel like everything was served up. All the things that I like and think are interesting were served up with like very little yeah. context or comment around them. I didn't really f- and I feel like so I feel like a lot of the stuff that people are bringing to it is like their own their own stuff. stuff. I think that's it. true. But don't you think that's true about every movie? I I felt like yeah. that was intentional. And I think with Tarantino especially it's like People bring Not so with, much of their own. I don't think with Tarantino. Tarantino is always screaming at you what he wants you to but think I feel like, like from the mountaintop. This is just like such a flex. Uh, also, Tarantino, you know, you like it or you don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was talking in our in our chat. Like, I love Kill Bill. I particularly like, like Kill Bill Part 2. Like, I, that's my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And I, I am like... Gen- generally like willing to be willing to be won over by Were you not won over by Margot Robbie as the human embodiment of the smiley not really <laughs> did you not find her charming I thought she was she's delightful. charming she's charming yeah but it's like again there's like not that much in that you know like I mean it's it's like it's very like surfacey you know like there's so like when people are also like, this is the most nuanced portrait of a woman that, that Tarantino has ever brought us. I'm well, like, that's not true. No. Do you guys? Jackie like, Brown. Let's not be, yeah. Jackie like, seriously. But Jackie like, Brown is his best movie. And yeah. to me, I'm like, And that's this his feels... most grown up and emotionally well, for mature sure. movie. Yeah. For sure. It's so good. This feels closer to that than his things he's done since then to me. Because yes. at least it's taking on the idea of like aging at all. Well, the you other talked ones... about it being more personal, which I think is definitely... You feel, and I, I think that what I, I appreciated his kind of like, however he was confronting 
things that he's had to kind of deal with, like with, you know, like the Carmen Ghia and like the, you know, when Brad Pitt's driving in, his hair's whipping around. It's very evocative of the scene with Uma Thurman that then blew up. And we now know like what a dick Quentin Tarantino was but about But do you that. think that's like a, con- like that's so, like, you think he was like doing that intentionally? Well, I know that, I mean, obviously the reason that he uses the Carmen Ghia, I think his dad had one. And so it's like yeah. appeared a lot, but there was something that was so, the winding road, the hair whipping, it was so... It's so mirrored that that I felt like he was putting it in to kind of like comment on it. And I wonder, I mean, part of it seemed to me to be like a nostalgia for having like having had his moment. You know what I mean? Like feeling like he's peaked. That stuff is there. And and I think that's why the Margot Robbie stuff worked for me, because she didn't have to have so much depth as much as she had to represent what it feels like. What it feels like to be at the top of your game, this like very kind of brief window where you're untouchable and you're you're representing like, you know, what how people are feeling and like how people are viewing Mm -hmm. things. You're at the center of it. And then you move out of that. And it's very threatening to everybody. Mm -hmm. But it's like an amazing thing to have. Right. Because I don't think he villain her at all and no. like she was clearly the representative of like like I think people who are like he's against the hippies and against the second part of the 60s it's like I don't think that's what it is at all also no. the funniest thing to me is that Leonardo DiCaprio's parents are hippies yeah his yeah. dad is like a semi-famous alternative comics guy who mm-hmm. was like friends with R. Crumb mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio in real life became like a bro to rebel yeah. is very funny mm-hmm. but yeah like I don't think it's critical of the new stuff, I think the whole point is like you can't avoid it. You can only like there's somebody somebody says something in at some point about like you can just do whatever you can with the amount of time you have. Right. Yeah, I think it's just realizing you're only gonna get to make a few more movies. So, so like okay, so then when when they blow torch the Manson girl, is that like is that like is the this the, is the point of that to be like look at what happens if you're so stuck in your ways that like you have to violently reject no whatever like what so i don't know i'm not sure what it well here's what i think about that i think it's like somebody uh my friend sam sweet who does all night menu said he thought it was like a like a great trump movie because it's like a post-truth movie Mm -hmm. it's a movie where it's like history is whatever you say it is yeah that's you know that's been his yeah his game for For a long for a while yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like that guy who wrote all the books about where the what if the south had won right now it's (laughs) that might be his next movie yeah (laughs) i mean that was Django, kind of kind of well Um, no Django was the opposite but it wasn't as funny as this. I think yeah. it's just like some of that stuff felt well because in those movies, in *Inglorious Bastards* and in *Jingo*, you're talking about like, like huge regimes, yeah. whether it's yes. slavery or the Nazis. Yes. Like these are, and they can be seen in the abstract and represented by a few people in the context of a film. But what is being violently taken down ahistorically in those films? is the concept that they rep- those people represent yeah, in it. Right. And in this, I don't think that there's a big enough concept unless you're talking about like all of hippiedom or like all of the counterculture. Like, so it's not, it's I think not it's the about, same thing. I don't thing. think it's about that. I think it's about vi- fantasy violence in film being a totally different thing from real life violence, you know, and how it's like you can totally enjoy fantasy violence in film yes. and it doesn't have any, cor- like you, because when, well, when they first show him blowtorching the Nazi, it is like so satisfying to see somebody blowtorching a Nazi because you're just like, oh, I wish I could do that. 
that's everybody's fantasy so, right now. So then how are we... So, because so when then, they're leading up to it, you're just like expecting to see this real life thing it's that a play, happened. It's a play on you're the waiting. anticipation of yeah. horror and then the, the fact that you need a cathartic release. It's like but, a punchline. So yeah. But like, what did you guys feel then when you wait, saw... Like, what did you I guys actually feel? I was just glad they feel? didn't show them murdering pregnant Sharon Tate like I thought they were but, going to. But they murdered somebody else. But that like, person but, isn't real. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It's a fantasy. Yeah. That's but the whole neither, point. Like, but neither is Margot Robbie as Sharon But like, you know that in real life, it's like if they had shown that, no matter how they would have shown it, it would have glamorized it in some way. And I thought this movie did a great... That twist came up and before that was widely known that that was the thing that happens in the movie, you're still paying... For like to see uh, what you believe to be an adaptation of that. How fucked up are you that you want to see that? It was like a it felt like a gotcha. That's the whole thing about the Manson murders is like they're so glamorized and turned into entertainment, but it's like the most fucked up thing to have happened, and it affected a lot of real people. But then the truly like subversive thing would be that nobody violently dies. Like that would be the most that wouldn't be satisfying. That wouldn't be a good movie. (laughs) That would be a bad movie because after all of this, like if you have Brad Pitt. Die. But like nothing about the rest of that movie says somebody's got to die. It's the most chill ass. Well, the fact that movie. there's a real that you know that the real characters are there that you think that you know the ending, and then you see like the gears turning to ramp up, like you're going up on the roller coaster. But then you know, I, I think what Molly said is true that you're anticipating seeing this grisly murder that actually happened recreated, and you realize that you do. Because it's the story of that, you you don't want to see it. You're like, no, 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 don't happen. But then you also know that you can't just not have anything happen because you Margot need the Robbie release. Did I think such a good job of making you be like Sharon Tate? Was this like the most vibrant person in the world that everybody was drawn to, and yeah. it was like a total random accident that it was her? You yeah. know that it wasn't like planned around Rosemary's baby or anything. Right. And again, I think the fact that they didn't use it wasn't like specific. I don't know. It was kind of a specific, which is why I was also like, they're just like red shirts getting torched. Maybe that's my girl boss feminism is I don't care if the red shirts are teenage girls, if they're murderers. But you know what I wonder? I do wonder if Emily's right, like seeing it a second time and it, it may kind of take the the pleasure out of it a little bit. Like now, especially now that we've had this discussion, I think that a lot of it, it is a movie that's probably best watched once like you're only going to get that experience people are also like too sympathetic to the manson girls in general because Mm. they have good fashion and i don't think the people are sympathetic to me but this is the thing is that i think this movie made me more sympathetic and for about five seconds before what happened happened this movie made me more sympathetic to to the manson girls than anything i'd seen before because they make this argument the reason that they decide to go kill rick dalton instead is like we've been brought up on this culture of violence and like tv heroes and stuff and what what if we like went and killed that guy? That would be more a more interesting symbol than killing Sharon Tate or whoever we think is in that mansion. Um, and that felt more purposeful mm-hmm. than like what they were actually doing, right? Um, in in real life, uh, and that felt more interesting for a second. Not that I ma- it made me side with them, but it was like that's at least some kind of like. Uh, principle that you're operating off of instead of some some like gobbledygook like handed down to you by Manson. Well, don't you also feel like that may have been Tarantino feeling like he's been under attack for violence in movies like playing out also, in real life? And- well, I think it's also notable that he didn't double down on uh, having somebody say the N-word in this movie yeah, because nice. he super seems like the kind of person who would be like, oh, you don't want me to do something, I'm going to do it a yeah. hundred more times. But it did. But it did also feel to me like a weird 
absence because uh, maybe it's just because when they were filming it, they had a bunch of fake uh, Black Panther recruitment posters mm-hmm. as set dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of expected that to come into play more, which is that the way Manson was able to like weaponize the paranoia of everybody was that right. he was also weaponizing like he thought he was weaponizing white paranoia about black radicals. Yeah. You know, no, the absence of that feels like telling like in his in this telling of this story, the Manson murders are about the loss of a beautiful like woman who like died before she became truly famous instead of like a super racist, like deranged rhetoric around like a race war. Well, that was the thing, too, is I was like, it actually would have been powerful if he had shown Mm -hmm. Manson saying it, because if the whole point had been like. Hey, this white guy's saying it, and he's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he is brainwashing people. Like it's a yeah. very selective understanding of what, like, it's very a very cherry picked, like a few elements of what the Manson family was all about in order to serve a purpose. But I'm not even sure what the purpose is in the this purpose movie. Purpose is to remind you that Shampoo is a really good movie. I know that you want to watch. watch Always. True. I also found out from this that Goldie Hawn's character in Shampoo is based on Sharon Tate. Oh, interesting. Um, as well as that. that she was the inspiration for Malibu Barbie. Oh, nice. Speaking of Gidget, apparently Malibu Barbie was like patterned off of her in the wow. movie Don't Make Waves. <laughs> um, I was also obviously very excited that there was so much Dino in this movie. Yes. Lots of Dino. Maybe Tons you brought that. Dino. The, the night call brain power is real. Well, <laughs> I thought that was interesting, too, because he was another, you know, I talked about this a lot on Karina Longworth's book club podcast. But yeah, he's a total icon of like a past era of masculinity. Mm-hmm trying to force his way into the 60s and that clip from that right. movie really shows how hor- awkward it is so yeah horrible. it shows it's such a good example of why new hollywood needed to happen mm-hmm. yeah like if you ever are like why did we need easy rider there's like so many bloated 60s comedies like that where you're just like yeah. somebody spent money on this um yeah. guys we will for sure be talking more about once upon a time in hollywood after we've all seen it a second time but in the meantime i think we're out of time for today we are so happy to have emily back in la i'm here hooray Welcome. and we're gonna bring on our guest ezra koenig from vampire weekend to talk about anime and other things Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We'd like to welcome our very special guest, Ezra Koenig, from Vampire Weekend, whose new album, Father of the Bride, came out earlier this year. He also hosts the excellent talk show, Time Crisis, on Apple Music, and is a longtime Night Call supporter. (laughs) Psychically? (laughs) Psychic supporter. Spiritual supporter. (laughs) He's ascended. Uh, He's a fully ascended member. Um, We were just talking about how Coffee Bean has a new line of uh, beverages based off the show Friends. This coincides with, what is it, Pottery Barn or Crete and Barrel also doing a Friends-themed line? There's a lot of Friends things coming out. Are you a yeah, big Friends person, Well, Ezra? you know, I, I I did like Friends when I was a kid, and I, and I have a memory of uh, when, when probably being in sixth or seventh grade and being at the mall with my mom. I can't imagine what store this would have been. And I remember like a lot of kids at school liked Friends, and I'd seen it, and I thought it was a good show. And there was a friend's T-shirt for sale. And she, you know, she let me buy some shirts here. And she even let me get a Dead Kennedys T-shirt once, which she found <laughs> offensive. But she, she like, respected my right to get a dead. Cool mom. Yeah, I appreciated that. But for some reason, she put her foot down. I don't know if she'd already, like, you know, bought me a shirt recently. But she was just like, no, you can't get that shirt. And I remember I was kind of like, come on, I want, I want this friend's T-shirt. And she was like, no, you can't get it. And then... um. I remember thing reflecting on that, you know, when I was an adult and being like, "Thank you. I'm yeah. really glad you didn't let me get." She kn- she knew you were too good for that friend shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's I I was really into t-shirts too, but for right. some and then when I look back on the shirts that I used to have, it was like kind of a classic like type of kid like Dead Kennedy shirt. I had like the classic Akira t-shirt, um, and. Uh, yeah, the friends would have like to- totally thrown off the yeah, collection. So yeah. I was really a fan of being the person whose personality is buying shirts from the store at the mall like that the sells. Like the Spencer gift shop. Yeah. Okay. Well, or, or did you get any of these uh, mail order catalogs that? Yeah. I like. I used to like pour over. There was like there was one called like Rockabilia that was all just like. <laughs> 
various rock <laughs> t-shirts. In fact, that's how I like became familiar with a lot of bands was just like through looking through the shirt catalog. Totally. The best shirts. I feel like um, that was one of the first things I did on the internet too. I was like, oh, you can buy things online. Let's see how many band t-shirts I can buy yep. that I've never seen in real life but might exist. <laughs> I remember those friend shirts though. I mean, that was maybe my first awareness of the show as well. was just like- The shirts? It, the shirt and the hat with the embroidered oh, the logo hat. on it, which oh. I feel like now probably goes for like $1,000 well, they on do, eBay. They, they make all the stuff now again because yeah. I've seen kids recently because in the friends friend shirt. Because Friends is cool. Oh, the yeah. Youngs love well, Friends. <laughs> I've, I've I've heard that that young people love Friends um, way more than Seinfeld. Um, but but also, did some streetwear brand make like a Friends hoodie? I'm because sure, yeah. I feel like when I've been like in Soho in New York or like on Fairfax in L.A., I see, I see the level of Friends gear that I see seems to be not just like, oh, you guys like Friends. It seems, I, like I wonder, did some prominent, did like Supreme it. do a Friends drop or something? Totally. I saw one that said Enemies. Uh, like in the front. Oh, Ooh. with the dots between yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's time, something I would have gotten contemporarily and with I think friends. It's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like kids love the 90s. It's like the 70s to but them. But they also love friends specifically. They love friends. But I think that's because even though we knew it wasn't realistic for these people to be like having these existences that they right. paid for with coffee shop money or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's happy days. Well, it's, I think maybe now it seems believable. That in the 90s, that was yeah. a well, possible everything thing. was better. Yeah, like that mm. was a very realistic portrayal of I mean, young adult life in the 90s. we did hang out at coffee shops a lot. Yeah, because we weren't looking at our phones. We had to look at coffee. But it was because mm. we were like smoking <clears throat> cigarettes <clears throat> and uh, trying to meet friends. Trying to meet friends. <laughs> look, Real they made friends. friends. Well, we I were... just watched a bunch of friends uh, accidentally just because I woke up stupidly early and Atlantic City this last weekend and had nothing better to do apparently uh and it was it was real bad I I, I've probably watched every single episode of Friends at some point or another because it was syndicated along with Seinfeld and Mm -hmm. it would be like it'd be on like 5 p.m like prime tv watching hours for me so I'd watched I'd watch the Friends and I'd watch the Seinfeld so I know I've seen them all but like I was never that into it. It was just one like one of those things. Again, one of these things that doesn't happen now. Where you just watch something kind of involuntarily because it's mm. on. Because it's on. And I never thought Friends was funny. And then it was very vindicating to watch it back and be like, no, this is like not working for me. I don't think it ever worked for me. Mm. But, they play know. it at the vet, I've noticed, because it's like a calming show. But then it was very calming. It's very calming. I would give it to that. But yeah. they played um, the We Were on a Break one when I was at the vet recently. And like they gave my dog back to me. And I was just like, I'm going to just stay. I just have to finish this up. <laughs> it's a very intense episode. <laughs> um, but then I also noticed that they play Friends. And Gidget is another popular thing to play at like high intensity waiting rooms. Gidget, the, Gidget. the, the show? The, the show. Oh. The show, Gidget. Oh, I love Gidget. I was like, because I mentioned to someone that I that they were playing it at a doctor's office and they were like oh yeah they always play that at my mom's nursing home I was like oh is Gidget somehow like straight to the vein calming it is it kind of is I go watch yeah. Sally Field surf on a green screen she's just so forever. reassuring mm-hmm. yeah Eternal and then people seem to feel that, that way about the office too yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I don't feel that way about the office at all office I stresses think me I think out. it's the same <laughs> teens who are obsessed with the or tweens let's be honest like who are obsessed with friends also, and The Office is like the other show. And maybe because yeah. they're both on Netflix. Full-time yeah. work. Right. What a fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I was talking, yeah, because I'm, one of my friends is this guy Seinfeld 2000. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he works on Time Crisis. And so, you know, he has this, he's, you know, his like 
skin crawls when anybody talks about Friends because he's still fighting this like old, <laughs> long lost <laughs> war of like Seinfeld versus Friends. But I was thinking about it and it's kind of like, yeah, this question of why would Friends still be so popular? And you always see this stuff about how it's like, it's like tied with Stranger Things for the most watched show on Netflix. And yeah. it really, when people are talking about like Netflix stock price, they're always like, well, you know, keep in mind they don't own Friends. Yeah, it's and like, they're losing really, it. And yeah. they're losing it. Yeah. So it's a really big uh, talking point. But as you just think about it, I, I kind of realized like, Friends was always just kind of, yeah, comfort, calming, feel good, down the middle, middle brow Nothing television. Nothing too what, bad ever happens on it. Yeah, and every, yeah. it's like, it's fun. It, it kind of does appeal to anybody. So it appeals to kids, I think, for the same reason it was a very popular show then. What's really weird is the fact that Seinfeld was ever the most popular show. <laughs> yeah. it, is, yeah. it is a weird kind of mean-spirited show. Yeah. That's the anomaly that That's Seinfeld was weird. so yeah. big. Watching it back, it also... I think it's just also the difference between three-camera shows and, like, mockumentary shows. To me, mm-hmm. I think of The Office as being, like, from a different time period than right. Friends because mm-hmm. it's, like, all the shows look like The Office now, but yeah. they used to all look like... And the shows that are three-camera look like they're from the 50s now. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, multi-cam is so much easier to shoot. Like, it's really interesting single-cam versus multi-cam for the people who work on them. But it's easier to make funny, too. It's true. <laughs> like, it's you true. can edit. Yeah. And you can have all these, mm. ju- like, smash cuts and sing- reaction shots The single-cam like shows that. are all really multi-cams. They all shoot with, like, three cameras. Right. Right. Uh, we were talking about the Friends beverages and 90s beverages. Oh, right. <laughs> bringing it back what's the best 90s beverage to a corner called beverage chat we wanted to talk about what's the best 90s beverage it's not fresca oh i love fresca Uh -uh. i'll stand for fresca Uh i used to do a fresca vodka i I like fresca um i was i was gonna save this to talk about my show but you really teed (laughs) it up we are vampiring content Um, but i I think this yeah this could be a multi-part conversation (laughs) but yeah so i remember fresca from the 90s it's a super 90s drink and you can i can picture what it looked like and it was it had this kind of like grandma vibe. It was a grandma mm-hmm. diet beverage, yeah, it was, as it I was, recall. It was lady oriented because it was calorie free. Also, grandmas, oh, yeah. grandmas yeah. love grapefruit, and yeah. it was it harkened yeah. back to the breakfast of the half grapefruit. Yeah, the grapefruit diet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, it's yeah. grapefruit diet so, uh, compatible. So, exactly. it, yeah. so you know, it had this kind of older, kind of uncool look. Yeah, like a grandma in Florida vibe. Recently, I was shocked to see at a pizzeria. That some point, maybe a year or two ago, Fresca had rebranded to fully steal the San Pellegrino soda aesthetic. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I'm so the new cans of Fresca dropped the whole like this is what? a diet, a diet grapefruit beverage, and now they almost to the point of like copyright infringement. They made it look like, uh, you know, like the the San Pellegrino cans like Aranciata or whatever. Yeah. All the like the, now they made it look like a classy Italian soda. <laughs> No. Oh, they really? did. They totally yeah, did. It's wild. This is, I had a friend who talked about, like, she went to Italy and drank all this Orangina and then, like, came home and found out it was, like, a Coca-Cola product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She oh. was just like, oh, Orangina. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is classy. Are you sure that was Oh, my me? God, you're right. It is totally copyright. Yeah, I, I found this out a couple months ago at a pizzeria in New York. I was shocked. <laughs> That's crazy. And also, that, and then you got to imagine that I guess Fresca sales were down, or they were like yeah. Fresca. Yeah, they're like it seems too grandma. Yeah. It doesn't appeal to millennials, like, and they were just like, 
Let's make it. Well, I guess like LaCroix. Uh, no, I'm like, we're, yeah. I'm drinking a LaCroix right now. They have not changed their label since the 90s. It's the most 90s Midwest. Yeah, they're kind of holding down all yeah. that, that aesthetic. Like Everybody almost... should follow this lead. Like, LaCroix, this should be the, the design. It sounds like design. 1988 to me. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the late 80s. <laughs> I was listening to some podcast. I can't remember which one it was, but they were talking about the brand identity of LaCroix over the years and how everybody from the Midwest is like, when it became cool and popular, I don't know, like, how long has Koi been a thing now? How long it's have we been PBR living It's the PBR of Four seltzer. Years? Yeah, yeah. I, there was. I remember there was the. Um, Wait, so the backstory is that it was very. It was a common Midwest yeah, only. It was thing? a very. Yeah, it was Midwest because I think it's from. It's from Wisconsin. Um, oh, because there's a town called yeah, Lacroix. Lacroix, and uh, it was just the kind of thing that like moms like. I remember like a friend of mine. My mom didn't get it, but my friend's mom. Would like they had a fridge in the basement yeah. that was just like stacked with the Lacroix. So every time I would go over, I'd be like, "Cool, I'm gonna take two. <laughs> but it was like not a like my friend thought that I was dumb for liking it so much. And now everybody such a thinks thing. it's like European. Yeah, yeah. just I like think, Fresca. I think we're gonna trend away from the flavored sodas that have no additives because I think Spindrift is a better alternative Ugh, to Lacroix. Spindrift. I'm drinking a what Lacroix. Is Spindrift? So that's the one that's seltzer with like a teeny tiny bit of juice. It's, it's like, like they have blackberry, raspberry, lime. It has no sugar, but it has teeny tiny. tiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you squeeze an actual. It's like lemon. a seltzer with lemon. Yeah, but I appreciate that they tried. And yeah. you know what I have to say? I really miss is juice squeeze. Is that still oh, around? I like those. My parents used those to pour juice, juice squeeze. squeeze. Yeah, I know what that is. It was like it half was juice, carbonated half fruit juice. It was well, good. It was really. That's what good. I get on a plane. I get like a half and half orange yeah. juice and soda. That's my. I'm gonna say the most '90s beverage is chai lattes. Oh, but I love chai lattes. Yeah, no, me too. Now. Me too. Uh, that's that's in the getting spracked. You category. wouldn't say it was the the ice blended or the frappuccino because I tend to think the chai has existed long before the '90s and sure, will sure. exist forever. Sure. But the frappuccino ice blended that was a a door that closed. I think <laughs> like we're moving past that. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, the frappuccino is funny too because it's just a milkshake, right? No, it's a well, it's a coffee milkshake. Right, but, isn't but it, it has doesn't powder. it come from the fact that no. on the East Coast don't they call milkshakes fraps? East Coast, East Coast. They do. Oh no, no. Well, they I've in Boston they call in them Boston, fraps. in Boston. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like frap, like frappe. They know they, like, they call it frap, they, and they at Friendly's, for instance, I think yes, it's called the Starbucks. Yeah, really? bought it from like a coffee shop in Boston that did yeah. this like coffee milkshake called a frappuccino, wow. and Starbucks bought the concept. Oh frap. Brigham's, I think, I've... also called them fraps. It was, it's like a, it was just a, I think maybe Massachusetts and Rhode Island thing. Right. I feel like on the East Coast, it's state to state, state varies quite a bit, like mm-hmm. hobies yeah. and grinders and stuff. I always like the, at, this is very East Coast too, although there's more here now. At, at Dunkin' Donuts, their version, and this is before there were frappuccinos everywhere, it was called the coffee culotta. Oh, yeah. The culotta. <laughs> I love and I the still, culotta. I'll still like drop a culotta reference here and there. <laughs> And just not to get a read on the room, yeah. just to see. <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite, like, stupid jokes, just like that I can't stop doing, even though I know it just confuses people and then they generally don't find it funny. But anytime um, I'm like meeting somebody, if if on if if it ever comes up that they're like, oh, do you want to gra- like grab coffee to bring to wherever we're going? I just can't help it. I always have to say like, oh I, yeah, I got us two cookies and cream coffee culotta blasters. <laughs> I, just, I, it's, I just know people are just always like, oh. I, Why would you lie about it, that? I know it's so stupid, and, and also it's, it's like so disappointing when you don't have that. At best case scenario, is they're just so. is they're just get kind of like, oh, I, I just wanted a black coffee, and then I have to explain. 
And then worst case scenario, they're like, what are you talking about? You're just making something up for no reason. But I just find that just to me, yeah, only I find that fun. Just the idea that somebody asked you to grab some coffees and you grab them. Especially cookies and cream. Because it's a meal in itself. Our friend Lindsay Weber of the podcast Who Weekly is a super Duncan fan and a Mm -hmm. super culotta fan. So she'll be very excited about this. Culottas are great. The problem with Dunkin' Donuts is that there's not, the coffee is so weak. But I still love it. But that's why you have to drink like a gallon of it. Compared to other coffee drinks, it's just a very weak. It may be like not as dark a roast or something. I, my main opposition to it is that they still are very dependent on styrofoam, and I hate <laughs> carrying a styrofoam cup around. But other than that, I like Dunkin' but Coffee. But that's so well. 80s. Although it does, doesn't yeah. that sound like the type of thing we'll find out soon is better for the environment. Yeah, right, totally. right. Be it's like... almost like you can just start making shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw some, did you guys see this, that tote bags are bad for the environment? Why? Because people are making more tote bags now than anybody knows what to is do. Is it because <laughs> they when I... they break down the fumes? I, I don't know why. There was a thing that came out I was really felt personally vindicated by, which is that the scooters are bad for the environment. Yes, I was happy to They're see They're just about. as oh. bad. Oh, oh, tell cars. me why. Tell me why. Because they make mini emissions and they die really fast. And also the people, they create more emissions because of the people driving around to drop them off all the time. Yeah. But they make just as much emissions as a city bus or a car. Yeah. Wait, they're Whoa. electric though. Not really, I guess. Does, Only do they partially have electric? gasoline in them? What? Mm. It was a study. I need more information. It was a study. It was a study. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, that, we can say whatever we want that now. That seems like yeah. a good metaphor for, for people who kind of hate you know, like the urban liberal elite is to be like picture a bunch of adults riding around on scooters feeling good about it and then yeah. a giant truck coming. Like you leave it yeah, on the ground yeah, and then yeah, a yeah, giant yeah. truck blasting fumes comes to pick it up I can to see do the, the dirty work. Cartoon. Yes. <laughs> so, that, so you get to feel good about saving the environment. Well, I, I just have a, I've been thinking about this a lot, especially this time out because I need to like figure out, I need to figure out how I'm going to get to my new job and everything, and which is like relatively close and I could theoretically take a scooter to it. You could take a horse. I could. You're I, in LA yeah, now. This obviously. is honestly, it's open. I could get horse. I can make horses big again. My friend who uh, works at City Hall rode one for the first time, yeah. and he said he totally ate shit and wiped out, and that it was yeah. like he kind of felt like he got what he deserved. But I was like, that's also really funny to think about somebody in a suit just like wiping out on a scooter. <laughs> It's like falling down. Well, in New York now, they have these Revel scooters, which are real, like, full-size scooters, like Vespa-size scooters that are all electric. And apparently you can just check them out the same way that you do a bird scooter. Um, And they come with a helmet in them. But, like, I think here you have to have a license to drive a moped or something no like not that. really you can drive you any of those things but you just... have to wear a helmet nobody wears a helmet yeah. right to drive well we insane. a friend of ours ate shit just driving over a pothole in Gowanus and like broke his arm and well, went it's to the also, oh, like, it's yeah. already it's like the streets are now just like littered with the corpses there's like way too many and that's my that's my thing about it is an aesthetic complaint well I, yeah. speaking of neo-tokyo <laughs> right yeah um we wanted to just talk for a moment about ezra is it true that you were a listener to emily's anime podcast yeah justin charity i heard this from it. justin charity who i was just talking to about boxing uh um, thank you. you for being the number one super fan of emily's anime <laughs> podcast why well, and I, I, uh, I was listening to the last episode you guys yeah talking a little bit about anime here so it's not Oh. It's not over. Oh, yeah, no, no. We, we still, bring it in. But we get into it, for sure. We like to honor all of our dead podcasts on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all have a few under our belt. You, Yeah, we did this episode about Angel's Egg, and I remember you like sent a tweet about yeah, it. Yeah, well, because there's so few... Uh, it's such a weird 
movie. Yeah. People don't, there's not a lot of information to find about it. Yeah, it doesn't have, it's not the kind of thing that necessarily invites a big following, or at least like in the the the, the structure of anime fandom, uh, I guess that was contemporary to it. But now I feel like people, if if it had it, like if it had a rediscovery now or if they put it on Netflix or something, people would get into it just because it's like so aesthetically. Yeah, well, they've been putting a lot of anime on Netflix, it seems like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys were talking about Neon Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the new? No, well, uh, I didn't. Part of the well, that I actually learned from listening to you guys that that they made some cha- editorial decisions. Well, yeah, it's a it's a minor one. It was one that bugged me. I ended up watching it all mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix just because it's so easy. Uh, and I don't watch I don't watch the dubs, so I think some people didn't like the dub, but I never watched it, so I don't know. But um, no, I mean it's great. It still makes me cry. Like it still does the the job. <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever a big fan of it? Yeah, and I remember having to watch it on just yeah. like super we it's it's unbelievable how difficult it was yeah. to to watch it back in the day. Um yeah. you had to have like an anime dealer. Yeah. You or you had to have like some I, I used to email this guy in Canada who made like Yeah, like I had a dubs. friend who had all this anime, uh, but he like went really out of his way to like find things. Yeah. But it was so much harder and now it's so much easier and it feels like a lot of kids just watch it all the time, which is great. Mm-hmm. Although the one one question that I have is do I feel like there's a bit of a generational d- divide because it's like eighties and nineties stuff. I'm still waiting for like the treasure trove right. to, you know, to to finally get dumped onto some streaming service because right. I actually feel like a lot of a lot of people I don't even know what the cutoff would be under thirty or something who are like really into anime they the, the the style and like the shows that they like are so much like more intense and flashier mm-hmm. than than some of these mm-hmm. things that we're talking about I wonder yeah, yeah I wonder if they would even it, it, people just have such different points of reference for it but yeah I feel like there's so much 80s and 90s stuff what are the stuff that's like your holy grail that you want to see well, on streaming there was a show that I remember was very difficult to find called uh, Marmalade Boy oh yeah <laughs> so that that to me is the type of show that yeah. it's like that. that's just like my shit yeah. <laughs> it shows like Marmalade Boy and I, I was and and also, I was always interested in it because I think it's towards the end of the first season or in the second season, it partially takes place in New York. Uh-huh. I was like, always love these surreal things that take place in New York <laughs> made by people who... Like Friends. Possibly. Yeah, like yeah, Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like Seinfeld. Who, yeah. Shows made far away from New York City. But, the New York of the mind. Um, yeah. So I feel like something like Marmalade Boy, like yeah, like a, when is that no. from like late eighties, early nineties? Yeah, 90s? I think it was like early nineties. I like. What's the deal with Marmalade Boy? I've never really watched it, but it's just like kind of a romance, like cute comedy. Thing, it's a right? cute comedy. Yeah. It's, it's I think it starts with two sets of parents getting divorced and then getting yeah, with each other, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. the kids have to, you know, yeah, but yeah, like like that era of kind yeah. of like romantic, and then there's this other. I mean, the, I'm sure that this. Uh, this show is very, very problematic by modern standards, but it's interesting for a lot of people that I know. It's like their reference to anime is Golden Boy. Oh no! All I the boys. Know. These I are all the boys. <laughs> all the boys. <laughs> no, Golden Boy is insane, and it's like I don't know Golden it's about Boy. like a really horny boy man. I don't know how old he's <laughs> supposed to be. Young man who kind of has a heart of gold, and I think at some point maybe they played it at like four a.m. on MTV or something. So it's very random. Yeah. Like some people are like oh anime like. You know, when you talk to people who aren't huge fans, yeah. they'll drop like, the, especially if they're from like, depending on what country they're from, they'll drop the most random yeah. reference because it just happened to be syndicated. I feel like Golden Boy was on TV in Russia or something. I met Russian people really into. 
So he's like very horny in every episode. He gets a different job. And usually he has to like fight his horniness. And then he kind of learns a valuable lesson. And one of the episodes, he actually gets a job in an anime studio. So it's like very meta. Mm-hmm. But it's... Uh, yeah, and you can imagine, like, the the women, the way they're drawn. Well, I think it's yeah. also, like, yeah, in America, we still have this idea that, like, animation means a thing is for children. Yeah. So there's or, a lot of horny stuff in anime. Or for, like, just abject failures of human beings. or Like, if you're still watching cartoons and it's, like, and you're an adult, then it means, like... Right, that cartoons are not, like, an adult art form. Yeah, which, yeah. Which uh, is why all the good anime is not for America. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, now, like... Well, well you, you made a show that was, like... I don't know if it's... You don't do you refer to it as an anime? I know that this is like a controversial. Oh yeah, thing. it was like, yeah. I, I, I was just. <laughs> it was made it, with a. Stu- I was just called Japanese it a cartoon, but it was with yeah. a Japanese studio. Yeah, yeah. Actually animated in Korea, but so it was yeah. a lot of Japanese stuff. Um, yeah, I'd always call it a cartoon, but the. Yeah, I, an anime. It's it's interesting. People get what, very what the, like, and it's funny because to some people, like to call something anime is like this, you know badge of honor like that's real anime yeah. you know people be like well you know avatar the last airbender that's not anime that's <laughs> anime influenced american right. you know people get <laughs> yeah. into that stuff and then but it's funny that people be so precious about it because there's other people you're like do you like anime and like no that sucks i'm not a nerd <laughs> <laughs> so you have either people very precious about it or people who just dismiss it out of yeah hand. yeah it's uh well they're doing um like crunchyroll is doing original animation now like i think they've announced a couple shows and that's also been very controversial because it's like why are they making new shows they should be just bringing older shows back on the platform because companies can't afford to just be aggregators but i'm like i'm like bring it on though like 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 I, i would like there to be more like i would like for there to be writers rooms for right. adult oriented animated shows in the United States. Right, like, that aren't just post-Family Guy type of comedies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something episodic and weird and, yeah, well, like, I, I think that's a Yeah, good you can thing. do so much with animation. I feel like we were talking about this because I saw The Lion King, which is, like, the greatest argument for mm. 2D animation, <laughs> right. you know? It's <laughs> like, wow, you can do so many things in 2D animation you, like, just can't do in computer animation, and they're both good. yeah. To yeah, do different turns with. out that uh, drawings are nice and people like them. Yeah, I think mm. we all like late '80s and like, cyberpunk. Uh, yeah, n- ni- yeah is where our hearts my... lie. Tuss is not a big guy. No. <laughs> I'm just sitting quietly, but I was actually totally won over by Bee and Puppy Cat, which I don't that? know if you guys saw. I actually no. had to look it up because I found it by mistake. My whole family was sick like six months ago, and we'd <laughs> run out of things that you know we could all kind of like deal with. And I was like, oh, what's this bee and puppy cat? And it is a Natasha Allegri uh, web series about a very depressed girl named Bee who's like quirky and can't hold down a job. (laughs) And then she has this like sort of surly pet that's like mostly a cat, but partially a dog. Oh, and they go to like other planets and like get swallowed up by things. And it's <laughs> I was totally like meant for adults. But then my kids were watching it. And I was like, ah, fuck it. But they loved it. They were like, she like, why is she so sad? And I was like, I think mm. bees like, struggling like she's in her late 20s and it's not coming together for me yeah i love like, we all, right. i feel like we also say this a lot but we all sort of like those really mundane anime that are just about like dr Katz is like yeah, yeah. come on dr Katz is sort of like yeah. a mundane anime oh yeah totally I, and i mean even when, when we made our cartoon neo yokio that 
the original idea partially was just that we just wanted to, to see really mundane things drawn anime style. Yeah, yeah. All my favorite parts of it are just like, you know, somebody making a coffee yeah. or just like a close-up of something. Because, yeah, the... I've never been personally that attracted to the like even in Neon Genesis, you know, of course, like the the uh, Avas are amazing and, you know, the angels and stuff. But I remember like what the, I vaguely remember the first time I watched it, which is a long time ago. There's a part where they're in somebody's apartment and there's all mm-hmm. this like junk food around. So I saw like the, instant, yeah, in instant Misato's noodles. apartment. Yeah, yeah, right. In Misato's apartment, there's instant noodles and like beer and soda. And yeah. I was just like, ah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder why that is. Animated yeah. food. There's no. like a account on Twitter that's just dedicated to like animation, like animated yeah. food for Miyazaki films. Yeah. And well, now it's become like fetishized, like the um the the like your name and that that animator whose name I'm totally blanking on now because that's what I do. Uh, but like his shots of food are just like so idealized and beautiful and lingered on and just like totally gratuitous <laughs> and like nobody cares about what these characters are eating but they'll be like a five it's second just shot like of fan them. service of yeah food. yeah <laughs> just so people can go ah yeah <laughs> the giant toblerone bar yeah That's right. um no, totally. have you i really like polar bear cafe that was the show somebody got i never into. yeah i know i never watched it's polar great it's about a bunch them. of very realistically drawn animals who all like work at a cafe together so it's like Friends. Yeah, it is actually like Friends. It's run by a polar bear. Yeah. It's about a lazy panda. A lazy millennial panda. Lazy millennial panda. Uh, speaking of lazy millennial pandas, uh-huh. we have to talk about these moon bears. Oh, we have we have two very good small animal content things to share. So basically, Wired recently reported that thousands of water bears, a.k.a. tardigrades, were stranded on the moon after an Israeli spacecraft crashed following a failed landing attempt. So besides the water bears, the craft had um, human DNA samples and an archive of human society and culture. But the tardigrades, which are, if I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you already know they're microscopic creatures. They're also called moss piglets. They look like tiny little, they kind of look like bears, but they're microscopic. But they can withstand crazy temperature, you know, They're extreme. They're like the most resilient very animal. Very hardy. They've, they've survived past any other species they, And they can Earth. dehydrate themselves yeah. by like balling themselves up into these tiny little pellets. And then they can, this was also featured on an episode of Octonauts, which is why I know. Uh, <laughs> but they go into a dehydrated state and then they're even more resilient. And then you can revive them up to like 10 years later by just like putting water on them and they're back to life. So they were brought on this space mission and now, but then there was a crash and now they're just stranded on the moon. <laughs> so what, what, did people think something bad's going to happen? Is it like the beginning of a horror movie? Well, Maybe I, something great's going to happen. What Emily yeah. was saying was that apparently there's a lot of trash on the moon. Yeah, apparently we left a lot, a lot of trash when we were there before. I was listening to a story about this on NPR. About, it was about the tardigrades, but then it, that they were also bringing up the fact that when we have been on the moon in the past, we have, you know, left some human waste and stuff we just unloaded human waste? from. Yeah. The yeah. What There's poo on the moon. There's poo. Oh, really? Why? Yeah. They just had to empty it out? That's so awful the of them. Nobody was really thinking about this, I guess? That's so I don't know. rude. It's very rude. And entitled. I, I wish I knew more about it. I just happened to hear that, and I, I guess it makes sense that that would happen, but it never occurred to me before that that was, like, in addition to an American I would flag, think they would we like left to throw it into space. <laughs> Um, yeah. Because people throw space, garbage into space, I think, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't there, like, space, uh, like, trash ships, mm. trash satellites? 
<laughs> trash satellites. Tra- no. That's what Wally well, is about. Well, there's some like dead satellites that are still orbiting. Yeah, I guess I'm talking about like I thought people ejected trash into space. Maybe this is not real. Print oh, the let's legend. start this rumor yeah, now. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> Add like to I'm the con- guilt. I'm confusing like the 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 plastic island in the ocean. With some sort of like satellite bro- <laughs> satellite cluster, maybe there is like old. We satellite put trash cluster. everywhere. There. I know. So. What else would we be doing if we if anyone's been up there? They've definitely left trash. That's like our whole mo as yeah. human beings. I think it's also in a weird way. Maybe that's comforting that everything just doesn't disappear into the void of space immediately. Mm. Stays Wait, on the I, moon. I, I'm, I've never gone too deep on the conspiracy theory. I, I mean, I know the basics that people just think whatever. We didn't go to the moon and they filmed that. So. When's the most recent shot of this flag, of this American flag? <laughs> That's a great question. Because if there is a great question, because if, if did this Israeli satellite or spacecraft catch a picture of it, what does yeah. it look like? Are there holes in it, or is it like pristine? Yeah. Or is it not even there because it didn't happen? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't <laughs> think they made it. You know, like it cracked. Like people weren't on it. On it, right? It was just on the a, moon. On no, the... on the Israeli. No, it was an unmanned. It was unmanned, mm. but it could have still been taking pictures. One would assume yeah. that an unmanned spacecraft would be taking pictures along the way because that's pretty easy to do and transmitting them. Drones. Aren't there like su- yeah. super uh, cameras now? Yeah, just like you know, three sixty. Yeah, stand on the concept. roof of a yeah. tall building. A friend of mine <laughs> was just sending. Flag. Yeah, a friend of mine was just <laughs> sending pictures. He got a telescope and he's like out in the countryside and he was like taking incredibly close-up photos of the moon. I wonder if you could just get close enough to see. To see the flag. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah. yeah, and the moon trash. Oh, man. <laughs> I like t- the idea of the human DNA somehow splicing with the water bear DNA, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we get a water bear-human hybrid colony on the moon. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Little moss piglet humans. <laughs> yeah, what if there are aliens, but it's humans' fault? Mm-hmm. That there are more, that we created aliens, moonanites. <laughs> are they even aliens at that point? Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We should take a night call. Yeah. Hi, my name is Logan. Um, I called a couple days ago about some ast- um, astrological stuff, and I've been listening to, them, to some past episodes, and I have a few more things of note to add. Um, one would be that I've heard you briefly mention, um, I for sure heard Molly briefly mention Vanderpump Rules, and I'm listening to episode 30, and you guys were talking about the Los Feliz murder, murder house, and I didn't know if you guys knew this, but Stassi was actually going to buy it. Yes, I thought that you might find that interesting. So I just drove by the Los Feliz murder house yesterday. Uh, just To clarify. I was in the- yes, there are so many murder houses it in Los Feliz. There are the three. The Dr. Murder House. We talked about that one. Yeah. The one that we talked about. So do- we're talking about Dr. Glendower. Murder House, not Manson Murder House, no, La not, Bianca. not the La Bianca's And house. not potentially Black Dahlia. Uh, there's a black. There's, yeah. What's the Black Dahlia murder? Is it the Frank the Frank Lloyd Wright on Franklin? It's yeah. It's yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright Junior. Junior. Yeah. House that looks like a torture shark. chamber in the basement. The Jaws house. So there's three. Is that for sale? No. Well, I, it actually sold, and now they're renting it out. Yeah, I heard. But a, I, I don't think anyone's going to stay in there. I heard for long. a weed company there. was there, which I was like, great horror movie idea. Yeah. <laughs> the weed company that moves into the Black Dahlia. Oh yeah. House. I follow well, that. I have not attended any kind of open house there, but I've wanted to. So but. did you guys look up? This Stasi potentially. First of all, are you familiar with Vanderpump Rules at all? I, I've never seen the show, okay. but I've uh, I've seen oh. their it, the You're restaurants the have deal. been pointed yes, out to yes. me. Yeah. Pump and Sir. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I know the basic idea. <laughs> so it's a it's a, a, a popular villain villainess of 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 Vanderpump Rules. I actually haven't watched it in such a long time, but I want to just know. She's a like a true crime person. She's a right. true crime dork. But like, what does it mean she was going to buy it? And then because I could say I was going to well, buy it I and then decided not to. I would like, say sometimes when something like that goes for sale, a bunch of people put their names out there just to get. Well, this one about is it. the one that's for sale, but it's cash only. You have to pay cash, like two million or something like that, for it. 
So I'm just like wondering. Maybe she thought it would be fun to Does buy a murder house. So wait a second. What is this person's relationship to the Vanderpump organization? They got that kind of. She was got that kind of cash. She's a show. Uh, she's a show member. The problem with the show is that what made it good originally was that they were all struggling cater waiters at this, these restaurants, but then eventually they became too famous from the show for it to be believable that they were still struggling. But I don't uh, know that she would have. Th- this is my question. It's like I don't know. Does she have two million in they cash all right now? Bought houses. That was what broke but the fourth wall. But that doesn't mean she has two, two million yeah. in cash. Well, let me just say. So is it Sta- Stassi Schroeder? Yes. Stassi okay. Schroeder. So in. 2016, she went for puckerandpout.com. She went to go tour it, and then she became very interested in it. And then on Instagram in 2017, she said, Dear Los Feliz Murder House, I need to live in you. Okay. So it's like a whole, it's like a so several she got years it before long. Lisa Bloom got it. Then or she was interested in it before, before Lisa, Lisa Bloom. Bloom. Yeah. Then five days ago on Twitter, she says, my new home, I'm such a stalker, with a link to the murder house. So she's been wanting this house now for Wow, so it's not just a press years. stunt. She, no, really she really wants, to wants live there. this murder house. Although that doesn't sound like, like a serious offer. <laughs> no, that's, I can tweet, I'm saying, like, I can tweet serious that. Serious offers oh, no. only. Yes. Correction, five days ago, I just saw the link. So five days ago, she's moved on from stalking the Los Feliz murder house what to Meghan she? Markle's old Los Angeles home. <laughs> oh, my God. So she, I think she's just doing the thing where you say, where you just put out the secret yeah, and you're like, I want this house. Intention sending. Is yeah. it going to happen? I tell oh, houses. Asking the yeah. universe. Asking yeah. the universe. Yeah. Right. I tell houses I'm going to live in them all the time. What's a house you want to live in? Just any house. Any house yeah. at all. <laughs> any house. I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. Creepy yeah. crawling. Uh, would we don't take another night call? Yeah. You want to take another, uh, another one? Sure. So here we have an email from Christina. Hey, what's up? I don't mean to be dramatic, but Mondays are dire, screaming torture without you guys, and I hope you come back soon. Side note, we will, and we're, maybe we are. This if podcast you're this. is being recorded in a time warp. We're in so a time warp. We don't know. Anyway, I tried to call into the live cast about this, but unfortunately, I missed most of it. Did you see this bananas Reddit thread about scuba diving mysteries? To recap, here are some of my favorite fucked up things witnessed by divers. One, a safe full of porcelain dolls. Two, a human skeleton locked in harpoon combat with a fish skeleton. Three, entire fucking towns. Four, a shared nitrogen narcosis hallucination of a red octopus, and the only reason they knew something was up was that it's apparently impossible to see the color red at the depth they were at. A guy's lungs Mm. exploding out of his face from the bends. Anyway, who's been scuba diving? Not me. I don't really submerge my body in the goddamn ocean, and now I extra super don't do it. A couple of months ago, I was frolicking waist deep in the San Francisco Bay, not even the ocean proper, and some fisherman pulled some fucking bat rays out of the water right next to me. I've had it, officially. I'm an ocean voyeur only. Bye. Thank you, Christina. Have you guys mm. ever been scuba diving? No. No, it way too scary. A, a lot of, you have to really want to scuba dive in order to scuba dive. Like, you have to train for it. I have a stuff. friend who scuba dives. Right. My friend Lily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she has a great reason to scuba dive. But she learned how to do it in order to go under the ice in the Arctic, in the Antarctic, not the Arctic. Oh. Um, And that, to me, was the scariest possible place to dive, too, because you're under ice. For fun? Ice. Or is she like a scientist? She's an amazing artist. Yeah, she's who a does painter. Yeah. And so she got this, like, grant to go on a ship with a bunch of scientists and be this artist in residence. Like my dream. But, yeah, she yeah. learned how to dive for it. 
Uh, and then she took a lot of footage under the ice. And that was like the coolest and craziest thing yeah. I've ever seen. No, that's amazing. Because all this crazy bioluminescent stuff down there. Mm. I know people who do it kind of casually where it's like something's being offered. But you have class. to have a license to do it. But you that's get the, the class. I think you get the license in like a day or two of training. And you have to like learn by going to like a strip mall that has like a, a tiny <laughs> yep. pool yeah. in the back. I've always <laughs> been curious like about that. these like scuba training places. Yeah. I thought that you go, you do it. You can do it in the field, I think. But the thing yeah, is that you yeah, have to. Yeah, you no, you have it. to do sure it in a right, strip yeah. mall. That's the only no, you way. Can only do it. It's true. Yeah. It's a, you're not ready for the ocean yet, kid. Have you? Has anyone ever done an isolation tank? Speaking of strip no. malls, no. David has a gift certificate to do one, and I'm really jealous. He's going to do one in, in New York before he leaves. I knew a couple people who do like an like an altered states really, isolation really tank. Do one. There. Are a lot in the valley. To relax. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just like full darkness, like submerged in water. Don't so people there's no haven't gravity. people died in those? Well, sure, but I mean, what isn't fun? But, like that, you're happy at your happiest point, you die when you're like your your safest. And a most couple content. of my friends like, did it and did not like it because they said the water smelled weird and that oh. they could never smelled like forget. people or smelled like chlorine or I what? I think probably chlorine. They should okay. give you something so you can't smell anything. I so feel like you're the in whole... the water. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, it's pitch black. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that sound that horrible? Sounds, yeah, that sounds scary. It's awful. <laughs> the closest thing I did was that James Terrell thing. Oh, yeah. That was really great. Then that was when you were like in the kind of like chamber. We talked about that on, mm. on yeah. Girls in Hoodies. Oh, yeah. and then Emily and I oh, okay. did the one in Las Vegas. I uh, No, I did the one here. I did the one at LACMA. Didn't we also that's do the, the one, one in I did Las too. Vegas? Well, there was not, it's not a, that's not an it's isolation like tank. This is the one where you go in one at a time. You have to buy a ticket ahead of time. Yeah. And it, it's like a... Oh, brown. Oh, the one that's like, like an, an MRI egg. Yeah. type. It's so funny. It's yeah. no, it's you're lying down. You yeah, I was the, not. You get carted into. Not it. into that. I could tell all. that was not your jam. But why <gasps> no. then would you awesome. entertain the the darkened liquid version? Oh, because I want to be underwater. That's so much scarier to me. No, because I want to live underwater. That it's like the dream. Yeah. A friend of mine used the term sleeps in water. I think I've probably bored you with this before, but now I'm going to do it on a podcast. (laughs) It's a person. It's like a certain kind of complexion that looks like you are. It's not like puffy. Yeah. You're damp and like sallow too and dewy, but like like Tim Robbins sleeps in water. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. So it's not it's not greasy. No, it's not greasy. It's not. You're not wet. It's wet. Because you woke up. <laughs> you're wet from boy. being wet asleep in, in water. Gener- generally, people use when say somebody's skin is dewy. It's a good thing, right? Yeah, but this is and a there seems dewy. To be a bias against greasy skin. I've <laughs> yeah, noticed. there is. This but it's is like vitamin D deficiency type. Like, no, it's like, guys, it's like soft bones. Let's blow this open. Greasy skin and dewy skin are the same. The, the no, same thing. It's just a brand. Same not. thing. Yes, dewy is like wet. Greasy, eh? No, it's not. It looks the same whenever. To me, it looks the, well. The hi, the honestly, the highlighter, and then when you spray stuff on it, that to me is do, is just all. grease. I like when people, but you don't look greasy at all. I mean, well, but uh... I I would say you're glowy, not dewy, because dewy would be grease. You're more shine in the T zone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm here to critique everyone's appearance. There, have you ever been snorkeling? Oh, I love snorkeling. I think I've been snorkeling. Snorkeling's great. Okay. You for sure. Everyone's been snorkeling. Yeah, I think I was somewhere. You got off a boat and you looked. Yeah. It was basically you it was just like you looked down. It's yeah. great. You looked down and we saw some big turtles. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the best. If you get turtles, that's uh. You know what's kind of advanced snorkeling though is when you see people with the snorkel. It's probably not that advanced, but when they go under. 
and they kind of dive and then their snorkel fills up with water and they come up and do it like a blowhole. Oh. I was like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? I thought it was just supposed to stay as a breathing yeah, tube. It sounds terrible. I want to yeah. go snorkeling so bad. Snorkeling. No. You could oh do it any time. It's so easy. You just need to slather on like all the sunscreen oh, yeah, in the world. Yeah. That's what I do every time I go outside. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you go in water, my brother's friends would call it the oil spill when he would go in their pool. Oh, because oh, the, sunscreen the sunscreen comes off. Come off. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw something also about a woman who had an octopus attack her face. Did you guys see this? Oh, the, she was trying to eat it. She, we, no, we she was. About yeah. That. No, a different one. What? Oh, my God. That's why I'm bringing it up because it's another one. This woman was in like Nova Scotia or something. She was taking uh, octopus for a f- like a photo for like an Instagram opportunity. She put it like up against her face and it just like glommed onto her face and stuck its beak in her face. Oh. Hell yes. Do it, Octopi. <laughs> well, I'm sick of this. There's a big yeah. thing lately with octo- Octopi Rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm noticed- always correct. I guess it's octopuses. Right? Oh, it's octopuses. It is, it is I, actually octopuses. I think octopi yeah. is a kickier. Word. It is. It sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of, there are many. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're I've, having their. I've revenge. heard many stories about them because I've one also just one. noticed something that I've been hearing more people, people who eat, you know, beef and chicken and stuff, having. There was there like a specific viral video. It's like three or yes. four times the past couple of months I've heard p- people at a restaurant being like, you know, I used to eat a lot of octopus. I feel funny about it now. And it, they were referencing some. some I think video. it was this other thing we were talking about where a woman was trying. It was during to a mukbang. Yeah, during a mukbang, and it. Like it that's not even the one that there clearly there's yeah. a lot there's there's one that I saw that didn't that was a uh, it seemed like a, a octopus doing an obstacle course that shows how like smart they are they're like, so smart. you know so like smart. if they hit if you know they'll figure out how to like make it through if they got to get small and then maybe there's is there another big octopus viral video that's uh, one on a on a fishing ship and it's just like oh, it jumps out of a yeah. bucket and it's kind of going all over the yeah. place like please let me out of here yeah yeah they're very smart. They are very smart. And and but it really feels like there's a wave. There is. A coordinated wave. Well, maybe they're coming for us. That would be great. I, w- I will totally respect yeah. them. I've been a fan of the. I've been defending them for a long time. I know they're not coming after me. I'm really happy about it. I feel <laughs> smug, to be honest with you. People were really worried about dolphins in the 70s. In the 90s, too. Well, there yeah. was a, it was the whole like tuna, you know, dolphin. No, but thing. I mean, they were also like dolphins are so smart they might take over. Well, yeah, because oh, also right. that was because of Flipper. Like you and watch Day of the Flipper Dolphin and, and Echo like, the Dolphin. And yeah, there's so game. many. And Echo the, I yeah. love Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. Um, Beautiful game. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Ezra, Thanks for, for joining us yeah, on Night Call. So we covered fun. a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that's all the content that <laughs> you're, you, we've taken over like five or six different topics, I feel like, from yeah. your yeah. Quite podcast. A bit. So. Uh, let's all go enjoy a delightful fresca. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sponsor us fresca. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to leave us a night call, please give us a call at 1240-46-NIGHT. You can also email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at nightcallpod, Instagram at nightcallpodcast, or Facebook at nightcallpodcast. And support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nightcall. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or review if you're nice. Thanks for listening. Night Call is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary form. Formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 